This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Yeah, we made it. You just talk. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Lights, camera, action. World, it's Sunday, it's week nine, it's NFL, and it's money line, and it's time to get money in your pocket. I'm in studio with the statistician, my partner in grind at Josh Jordan975 is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? Happy Sunday, my man. Hey, it's a week closer. I just asked you pre-show. How many weeks do we have before the uh, the fantasy playoffs? We're getting there, we're getting close. We're getting very close. Some leagues do it in week 13, some do it in week 14. Some even started in week 15, so just depends on your league, right? It just depends on your league, but one thing that we know, we got to produce winners. We have to produce something on a Sunday morning because that's what you listen here for. 713-780-3776. If you have anything particular with your situation, your team, or if you want to talk gambling, anything that you have a question about today, or if you want to boast about something. If you had the Irish last night, Go ahead and let us know about it. 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975 is where you can find us on Twitter. And behind the glass, the man keeping us in line for the next few hours, making sure we don't mess anything up in here. Dell, what's going on, brother? What's up, man? It's, um, it's interesting to be here on a Sunday. And by interesting, I mean I wish I was napping. Not because of the show, but I would have been sleeping in. Because I stayed up. You mentioned the Notre Dame Clemson game. I stayed up to, after that game to, to just decompress with something. I like to watch a lot of college football, then watch something to kind of wind me down. Um, but uh, I'm happy to be here. I haven't been, I don't think I've done this show. Have I ever done the show? Maybe once? Maybe a few times, yeah. And yeah. then other, other than that, it's when we filled in like for the bench or yeah, whatnot. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But again, yeah, we have Dell with us. And, and let me start right there, actually, because there's no one better to talk here with uh, college football than Dell. What a when I even texted you yesterday about the game because I know that you have pretty good read on those things and I still I mean regardless when bets lose or win I still think that I had the right side if somebody would have told me that I was going to have a seven point lead late into the game with a minute to go I take that yeah I'm betting my lungs like I told you I'm betting a lung on it but uh, would you think overall because I have a few thoughts about it go ahead it was interesting and it just it just reinforced some things for me as far as Clemson is concerned. As I was watching that game, I thought to myself, now, they remind me of Florida State from 2014. Florida State, the year before, won a national title. Now, Clemson didn't. They, they lost in the title game to uh, LSU. But that Florida State team was very vulnerable. They found ways to win. The Clemson had done that the last couple weeks. They are not, they, they are not as strong up the middle. Some of that has to do with the fact that they have some injuries. And, and they don't have wide receivers who can change the game. Now, Powell had a nice game. Um, and, and Rodgers had a nice game, but they don't have bailout guys on the outside anymore. They don't have these guys you can just get the ball to, and they don't they don't have guys that instill fear. A lot of times, it's about rolling out the helmet. Oh, Justin Ross is out there. T. Higgins is out there. We got to change the way we play because we can't cover those guys. They don't. Ha- those guys don't exist right now for Clemson. So, 
but I said during the week that this was a game more about Notre Dame because win or lose, Clemson will probably see, particularly if they lost, they would see Notre Dame again. They would have their shot at them at the ACC, in the ACC title game. This was about Notre Dame finally, finally pushing aside some of the doubts people had about them. Yeah, The doubts about can they compete? I talked about it. They're, they're at the top of that second tier. This was about trying to elevate themselves into the first tier. Now it's a, it's a one game. You have to do this over and over again to solidify yourself. But it means at least for 2020, you can't just swat Notre Dame away and say, okay, we get it. This is the same formula you always have. You have some quarterback that no one really thinks is really all that great. You, de- you, you use your defense and, and your running game to beat up on teams that, that you're better than. And then when it comes down to it, you get smacked around. They're a little different this year, at least for a game. No, I agree with everything you said, especially seeing the holes in that Clemson defense. You don't, you're not accustomed to that. Usually, even whenever they lose a few big names to the draft on that D line, they just rotate guys in because they're so deep. But it just seemed yesterday something was off, even just from that beginning drive when you see them break something to the house. You knew it was trouble. They're like, okay, yeah, that this, doesn't happen to them. Yeah, not usually this is trouble. And then somehow they figured a way to come back. They fought back in it with the kid. I mean, DJ out there doing what he could. Uh, man, when they said he had 400-something stats, those were quiet. It didn't feel like it, right? Yeah, it was a quiet 400-something yards. Then when they scored in overtime, I had six and a half, so I, I was thinking, man, I need them to have the ball first, score a touchdown, and then get the stop. Stop. Once they went to dub, I need a triple overtime. I was I, thinking about, because you, you mentioned you texted me, I was thinking about, well, Jerry needs triple overtime now. <laughs> it's never good when you're praying for triple overtime in a, in a bet. And I was on the other side going, will you turn this crap off so I can watch Chappelle on Saturday Night Live? Like, <laughs> yeah. I was completely on the other side of Two that. Two times during that game, though, it was a crucial third down. I, I stand up, I'm like, third down, I stand up. And then the announcer even says, all right, it's a crucial third down. And then they cut off to go to, you know, to, to, to the to the president or the, the upcoming president. Um, I just said, man, this is just bad time. And then it says, go to USA. So I go to USA and I start thinking, what about guys that don't have cable right now? You know, they're, they're just shut out right now. And then when they came back, then they pull that move on the Chappelle. And it's like, man, people are losing it. Oh, man, I was losing it on Channel 2. I'm like, you're going to make me sit through the local news? Before Chappelle now, so I have to wait till way after 11 for Chappelle to come on. And I knew we had the show in the morning, so I didn't want to be up all night waiting for that. And did we really need the local news? I think we're all very aware of what happened in the news yesterday. Am I right? I don't need any more extra news. I think we know what happened. We're good. Now, going forward, anything else from yesterday? Did you bet anything? Texas, I know you're always watching those games. Any, anything that stood out from you from the college slate before we go move forward to NFL? Not, I, I did watch the Texans ga- the Texas game. I did not bet on it. Um, it was a busy week outside of sports, so I, I wasn't quite as zoned in on gambling, especially college football this week, so that's just me. Yeah, as far as me, what I had a, a bunch of overs that hit last night late, did all right in the UFC, but like we said, today's an NFL Sunday, so we're going to go ahead and transition now before we get out of here because uh, Roby, right, he's yeah. out of today's game. I asked you pre-game, uh, pre-show, what do you think about this? Because they said it's non-COVID, like it's nothing to do with that, and then I didn't really disclose the injury, but you seem to think it's something that's lingering. Yeah, I mean, remember, he left the, the last game he was in injured, and, and then they had a bye week, right, and then now he's not going to play. So they're not saying it's an injury, but what else could it be? That's my question. What else could it be? Because there's not very many pieces that you could say, man, that's a, that's a very important piece to, to the Texans' defense. I think those guys are mostly interchangeable, you know, for the most part. 
Um, it says discipline here on that, the, the Chronicles what, website. What does that mean? He didn't eat his vegetables? <laughs> you know, like, give me something. You know, fighting with a teammate. Give me something. Uh, I guess, you know, doing something uh, non-mask related. I mean, whatever it is. Whatever it is, discipline. I don't know what could be there. Maybe not uh, practicing, showing up to practice on time. Whatever the case is. I want to know a little bit more because many people like yourself, like you said, and I was wondering too, like, is it injury? What is it here? Now with everything COVID going down, you put a question mark on everything. You don't even believe it. Yeah. You know, you wonder, did he, did he break some kind of protocol or something, you know, going out? I, I don't know. You know, with, with COVID now, there's so many implications. You know, if you go hang out with a certain amount of people and you expose your teammates to, you know, COVID, it, or it could be something completely different. You know, I mean, these guys are, they're one in six. So I doubt everybody's in a great mood. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I'm hurting a little yeah. bit today. No reason for me to go out there. But the only reason I bring him up is not that I'm saying he's some world beater, but on that defense, the only some of the only few, I guess, bright spots that you could take away is that he has been good in coverage compared to, to other situations, you know, other spots on that team. And that goes that's going to open up a few doors today. I know you have Chark. Go ahead and push him up the boards today. We're going to break that game down this next segment from every angle. There's going to be a little bit of betting, and I think there's going to be a lot of fantasy goodness in that game because you have the Texans with a team total close to 30 points. And rightfully so. I mean, he's playing the Jags. You know, if Deshaun doesn't do it against the Jags this week, and we called this one. This was one of the ones that, that you know I nailed a few weeks ago. It's just like Texans are going to roll. They're playing the Jags. You know, it's it's like being in the batter circle with the donut on your bat and then taking off the donut and walking into the box. I oh. mean, they should have a big game here today. I was on late hits, and uh, Jason Braddock asked me, he said, man, is this a game that, you know, Texans fans should just enjoy their Sundays and not really watch it? And I said, no. I mean, if you're a Texans fan and you put up with everything else this season, then you deserve this. This should be a beatdown. This is one of those games where you're just laughing. Hopefully, you know, you're, you're clowning around a little bit. You're making some jokes. You're having a good time because everything else be- – between here and that week one, everything that's gone down, it's it's not been very pretty. No. So this one, you feel like you should get an easy win. You should see the offense playing well. And it's funny, Greg Cosell continues to say that Deshaun Watson is playing in an, an elite level, maybe the best football he's played in his career. We've been a little more critical on the show, Jerry, to where, yeah, he the, the numbers look good, but when it's time to make winning football plays in games that are actually close – I don't feel like that happens so much. I feel like he's kind of filling up, you know, filling up the stat sheet against prevent defenses when games are out of hand. I mean, just think of the last time we saw him, the Packers game. I mean, Devontae Adams just pantsed him because of Roby, right? Roby went out early in that game, and he killed him. So I'm thinking DJ Chark at least ought to do something nice for your fantasy team this week. But, you know, you're rolling with a quarterback you've never seen before, so there's definitely some risk involved. No, definitely. You say those padded stats, and it goes down to that. Once you start looking at the fourth quarter splits, you see that there's there's quite a few numbers that come from there. I mean, obviously, if they're down, which they have been, then, yeah, he's going to have to throw you back into the game and, and, and use his legs and whatnot. But I don't understand the narrative that he's just going off this season and that he's just been great or or, or, or still being overly productive because I, don't, I think he's just been bland. I mean, yeah. I think what, from what expected, I don't think that he's – taking a step forward like I want him to now. I, yes, you don't have a number one wide out like a, a, a prime receiver, you know, that you had in Hopkins. But these little gadget, gadget weapons that we thought were going to pan out, they're not. Last time they played, though, Cooks had a big game, okay, against this Jags team. So he did. maybe maybe Cooks breaks out again. I think it was 12 catches. 
maybe he has one of those. I have a couple of stacks that we're going to do within this game. We've hit our first break. When we come back, we'll talk about this game. We're going to get into all the games. We're going to get into them from a fantasy perspective, a little bit of gambling. You listen to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. You're listening to ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. The uh, phone lines are open if you want to talk anything Texans, anything that we uh, uh, touched on a little bit. We're about to get in that game in particular. If you have any predictions, phone lines are open for you. 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975 at Josh Jordan975 at Jerry Bone Knows with a Z. We're just going to talk a little bit about this game in particular. We got Texans seven-point favorites with that record. It's not something that you see often. When a team has a losing record like that and they're favored uh, by a touchdown, uh, what do you think about that from a gambling perspective and from fantasy? Is there anything that you'll be using from this game? Like I said, I'll be on DJ Chark more as like a you know borderline number two, number three wide receiver. I'm not betting the house on him, but I think if you need a flex this week, it's probably a good week to. You saw what Devonte Adams did with no Roby in the lineup. So if they can get anything going, the Jacksonville offense, Chark should—he's their downfield guy. So he should come through for you. This one, I, I almost fired on it early in the week when it was at six and a half, I believe, and I felt pretty good about that. But then the news hit right with you know Whitney Merciless looks like he's not going to play. Martin looks like he's not going to play. You know all these guys that are having to you know quarantine because of COVID. So. You know, that concerns you a little bit, but I'm kind of with you, Jerry. I feel like I feel like the Texans are pretty good at front running, and I think they can front run and win this game pretty comfortably. So I'd probably probably on the break, I'll fire on the Texans minus seven. I think they'll cover. Whenever you, you handicap Texans games, you on the offensive side, you say, how much time will Watson have? Or will, be, will he be under pressure? All day. He'll right? have all day. All day, because this is the league's lowest rate, the lowest. There's no one under them at causing pressure. So that shouldn't be a problem today. There should be time for Cooks to get downfield and make his moves to to beat the defenders. There should be time for Will Fuller to get downfield. What do you think about it does to a mentality of a player that is on the trading block, let's call it, or up for, for grabs if you want him, and then he doesn't get traded? Does that do anything the upcoming week? What do you think happens this week? Do you, or, or, or like, say you were the quarterback this, and, and you liked Will Fuller and you were thinking, man, I didn't want to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Does that make you go to him a little more to prove? What do you think about this? And what do you think about Will Fuller's mentality right now saying, do these guys even want me? Well, you saw what he tweeted, right? You know, the little the waiting meme or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think him and J.J. wanted to be traded. Just, just reading body language and the way they answered questions. I, I think maybe Deshaun's glad to have him. But I think they're both going to have big games. I think Cooks and Fuller are both going to play well today. But I don't. I, I worry a little bit, though. It seems like a lot of these guys 
wanted to be traded and then it doesn't happen? And then kind of where's your mind at, right, for the rest of the season? Are you kind of mentally checked out because, you know, you're one and six and you thought you were about to be maybe traded to a team like the Packers where you could make a Super Bowl run? That would be disappointing. What would you think about the price that they were asking for Will Fuller? I, I get it if they didn't want to take a four because the Packers are going to have a good record. So that's probably going to be a back end of the fourth round mm-hmm. pick, right? And if Fuller somehow stays healthy, you should get a compensatory three, just keeping him. So, you know, and then letting him walk in the offseason. But the problem is, and Lance brought this up on the show the other day, and maybe Dell can speak to it, it, the Texans, they may have to sign a lot of guys just to fill their roster, which means you don't get as good a compensatory picks based on how many guys you bring in, right? Yeah. So maybe they would have benefited them to get some extra picks just to have some guys to – you know, fill up roster spots. I don't know what their cap situation will be, but if the Texans sign guys who are simply, you know, they sim- their contracts simply are up at another place and they're free agents, that affects their compensatory picks um, for the 2022 draft. Because the 2021 draft, the compensatory stuff is already going to be figured out depending on what happened in 20, in this, in the, yeah, in the 2020 offseason, the one that just passed. Um, so, but if they sign guys who are cut, like, if there's a pretty good player who's making too much money so a team cuts them and they sign them, that doesn't affect their compensatory value. So they may have to make those decisions. Like, is there a cornerback we might need and he's cut? That's a better option than possibly a guy whose just contract is up. And they may have to go that way anyway because the cap situation they're in. It's crazy. You know? Now we're talking another level. Like, we're yeah. talking – it's easy. By now, every every fan, football fan, whether you're – mediocre, whether you're advanced, you already know how bad the Texans are set back from the draft, right? Yep. We've got the Miami fan right in front of us. He's <laughs> reaping all the benefits, yeah, right? I'm not looking for a big win for the Texans today. <laughs> you know, so then Fair. in that case, you know that. But now when you start talking next level and, and having to fill spots, I mean, yeah. this is I – mean, you still don't even know the coaching situation. You know, you still got what they're calling him the Easter Bunny up top there. Like, you still have so much problems, and it's – the time is still ticking – on Watson's prime, you know what I mean? Like this, 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 this clock doesn't stop. That hourglass, that, that, that it doesn't stop. Okay, so then how long is that prime gonna last? At the way he plays and at the hits he takes, five years, six years at the most. And I'm saying I don't even know that. I don't know. And it could be more. Don't sure. let's say it's six years, seven years. Then how long is it gonna take to get things in place? Till we could say, man, that was a solid three years. Everything was in place. Uh, you had a few weapons for him that was – I mean, where? Right now, you're, we talked about it last week. It's David Johnson running three-yard sprints. You know what I mean? He's the best three-yard sprinter in the world, that guy. But other than that, what do you have? Not a whole lot. And you have to worry, is is J.J. – you know, maybe that was the time to trade J.J. You know, they kind of said he's off limits, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Here are all the offers. You don't have to accept them, but here are all the offers. And – I feel like J.J. did want to leave, and if that's what he wants and you could get a second-round pick for J.J., I would have done it. I just don't think they're going to magically be better next year. You know, you got McKinney coming off an injury, and, I mean, the defense is a mess. David Johnson's got to go. You need a new running back. Will Fuller's probably gone, and that's the other thing too, right, Jerry? In theory, you could have traded Will Fuller, and if you really liked him, you could have signed him again after the end of the year. Right? He's a free agent. It, right now is your sale high, though, too. We always talk about that. Check it out. He enters week nine, 100-plus yards and or a touchdown in six to seven games. This is before he's had a chance to get injured. 
This is a team that's like the Packers or someone that needs. Imagine what he would have been on the Packers. Perfect fit. It would have been ridiculous. Now, let's at least talk some positives about today or at least what it is, what we know. We know that Cook set a career high or or a season high um, in targets that first game, 12. He went for 8, 161, and 1. We, I think a lot has to do with the time that Watson's going to have. It allows Cooks to be able to beat the defender, makes him have to hold him a little bit longer. Do you think that he blows it up today? Yeah, I'm starting him in DFS world. He's one of he's one of the sneaky guys in that middle price range, around that six thousand range. Um, I like him all the way. No, I like him too. Remember, uh, C.J. Henderson was out in that Jags game the last time they played. One of their better corners. So I, I believe he'll be in the lineup today, if I'm not mistaken. So that's something to consider. But yeah, I think Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. You fire them both up this week. I like them both. Can you fire up any tight end because they allow the NFL second most fantasy points to the tight end position? So you're saying, wow, which one of these guys is going to be? You're not doing it confidently. No. Every different week, it's something something else with the tight ends and the Texans. So I'm staying away from that. I'm staying away from the running backs. Really, it's only Fuller and Cooks. And if I'm in kind of a deeper league and you know I have a bye week right now and I need some help, maybe I put Randall Cobb in as you know a number three receiver or a flex. He might come. It is the Jaguars, right? The, my last put your name on it a couple weeks ago was, you know, I picked Herbert on the Chargers to go crazy because he was playing the Jags and he threw for over 300 yards and had a huge game. So there's no big secret sauce here, Jerry. It's like start guys against the Jags. They stink. You know what's not a secret? Duke Johnson hasn't reached double digit touches since week 13 of last week uh, of last year. I'm sorry. Uh, what was the point? You know what I mean? That was a third rounder. That's worth a third round pick, right? You know, it's at this point, it's like you'll never see what you have. And whenever I see him touch the ball in those limited times, it looks like he has more juice, right? It doesn't it? It seems like, oh, well, I'd rather take that than whatever the 10 million that you have over here. I yeah. just I just don't understand it. Um, you got, look, David Johnson, his touches 18, 19, 20, and 18. That, <laughs> What's amazing to me is that you paid more for David Johnson than the Packers were willing to give you for Will Fuller. You know what I mean? A, a guy that's Put just that a, in perspective. Yeah, a part-time third down back, you gave up more for him than, I mean, really, he's your number one receiver. I mean, Duke Johnson wears the same jersey all year. Yeah. Doesn't even have to wash it. <laughs> no grass stains. No grass stains. He comes out there, they're like, yep, you're good to go. Again, I don't know if, if what I can do in this back. One of these games against one of these matchups that they're going to have to go off if you're getting 18, 20 touches, but I don't trust that. The only thing that I can trust, like I said, it goes back to the pressure. Ever since O'Brien left this team, Watson's rush yards, they've doubled. 14 and a half yards, that's all he was getting. Now he's 29.7. Look for him to run. And also, like I said, clean pocket, seven and a half yards per attempt in a clean pocket. Or, or I'm sorry, in pressure, 9.3 in clean ones. So everything goes up. It, it, if, if he can't do it today, if he can't throw up that three-touchdown performance, a couple of bombs, then I don't know where they're at. Texans fans, if you have ever had a, a get-right moment this season, then, then this better be it. And you got the extra week to prepare for him with the bye week. You know what I mean? So they should be ready to go. And you're going against... Do you know anything about this rookie back in in college? I started looking him up, man, and all look his the first write up I found on him. The guy said he's brutally unathletic. I said, <laughs> oh my gosh! And then they said his spark score was was fourth percentile. And then they said that he was a checkdown artist. Is this what he is? I, I don't know anything about him. I didn't watch a lot of him at Oregon State. He is a guy who once he drops back, you know where he's going to be. 
There's, there's, you're not going to see much movement out of him. Big dude, six six, so he'll he'll stand in there and try to make throws. His arms better than average, um, but I mean, he's he's a rookie who's never played a game. I, I mean, if you don't come now, the Texans are missing multiple linebackers, including allegedly one of their pass rushers and Whitney Merciless, and we all know why. <laughs> allegedly, you throw that on top of that, um, but you should go out there and beat them. But the problem is the Texans suck, so. We we're on we the the Texans are such a weird team because you have a quarterback who can put up numbers, but you're awful. So why wouldn't why couldn't their defense be awful against the Jags in Jacksonville? They very well could. They could. And if I remember right, and, and I'll go back and double check this, but I think Greg Cosell kind of compared him to a kind of a, a Jared Goff type quarterback. Oof. Yeah, like but. You know they usually try to give you a bar. Like if that's your bar, yeah, Goff. I mean, yeah. So it, you know if that's. You know, he feels like he can get the ball down the field. And he was one of the diamonds in the rough that Greg Cosell actually liked some of his traits. And the Jags said they felt like he could throw the ball down the field. They thought it was a little better than Gardner Minshew was at doing that. So, look, this is the time you do that. When you stink, you try guys out and, and see who's good and who's not. Yeah, I, I wonder how much play action will play a part. You mentioned golf, which is one of his I – I don't know if I want to call it a crutch, but he's much better when you can play action and roll half-roll him um, and give him half the field as opposed to just straight dropbacks. We saw that last week against Miami when he just straight dropped back and they can just bring zero pressures. He was, he was bad. So if you're the Jags, you hope to try to be able to run the football, not that you're so concerned about pressure with the Texans, and give that guy – some shots with half the field. And I imagine you won't see, they call him a checkdown artist, but I, from the stuff I saw, I, I imagine you would test those weak corners down the field a little bit. And so, I say that loosely, right? Because I'm seeing that his last time that he had game action, 54 to 53 loss to Washington State, he had five touchdowns. <laughs> Lord, if this man goes out there and throws three or four touchdowns on this defense, then that's trouble. You cannot lose this game. Seven-point favorites, one thing covering it with this record. But if you go out there and lose to this team, and, and and it very well could happen, though. It's not like I'll be that surprised if we wake up on Monday morning talking about the Texans lost this somehow, but it just shouldn't happen. The Texans got a 29-point team total, uh, a, a total they've reached twice this season. Do, anything on that? Do you think Do you think they score 30 at least, win or, or, or not even covering-wise, because their defense could give up 28, but do they score 30? Expecting thirty on the road for the Texans. <laughs> I like his the way he breathes. You yeah, see him? It's like a, it's like a, it's like a hell hurt. side. <laughs> they did it. They did it against the Titans. Didn't they? Didn't they get the thirty plus against the Titans? Yeah. I mean, I guess they have to. The Jags are terrible. They are awful. I, I think Deshaun will have a big game. And yeah, I was Greg Cosell identified Luton as one of his favorite QB sleepers. He's an intriguing prospect. Profiles as a pocket QB with excellent size, strong enough arm to make all the necessary throws. He would fit well in a McVay or Shanahan system. So there, there you go. Yeah. So maybe the play action is a big thing for them today. We're about to find out. All I know is that I looked into the coach speak, you know, and it's usually your coach will try to hype up the rookie like, man, he's look good. He straight up said. I don't know. We'll see on Sunday. You can never predict these things. I said, man, at least give him a little bit of a boost. Say something that he's looked good on something. But that's just me looking for anything because I didn't know much about the kid. We're going to find out today. We're going to find out if seven's too much for a team like this. I'm going to tell you what's too much because that tech, that, that Steelers-Cowboys line, it keeps moving and moving. And it might be for a good reason. I'll tell you why. Moneyline ESPN 97.5. This is Heisman Trophy winner, college football Hall of Famer, Eddie George, and you're listening to ESPN 97.5.
This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. The phone lines are open. 713-780-3776. Get it on. It's, it's a Sunday. It's a gambling Sunday. It's a fantasy Sunday. It's a get right Sunday. It's a get money. That's what we're going to do. Shout out to everyone on Twitch hanging out on a Sunday morning. Jermaine says if they can't do this today, if this team can't get right, they need to take a ride bus home. And I'm not talking about a great. Uh, he's talking about a Greyhound bus, not one of the uh, the ones Deshaun rides in, not one of those fancy ones, those charter buses. We're going straight Greyhound if they can't get it right on this team. Uh, Dr. Dre also asked, will J.J. just go through the motions, or do you think he's still going to give 110%? We kind of talked about this on the break a little bit. I don't. I think that's one of the issues with J.J. is he can't not go 110%. I think that's why he gets banged up sometimes. But mentally, he may be a little – I mean, it's one in six, and you're playing the Jags on the road. What you know? I don't know. I mean, you still play for pride, but – you know, just as a human being, I don't know how excited you are about this game. We talked about it last week, right? And basically, there's, I mean, we know there's film. So then this is basically yeah. an audition. If you're not planning on being here an extended amount of time after the season ends, then this is basically an audition. And that's why we were thinking that sell high would have been the moment now for J.J. because he's not injured, one. Two, even if the Texans are terrible, Anyone who goes and says, well, what are we looking at with J.J. this season? They'll look at saying he's the only one that's really giving 110% effort out there. I'll take him. Hopefully yeah. that's what – or with Fuller. You look at the, what I said earlier about the 100-yard games and or a touchdown in seven of the, of the nine. Uh, that's what you, you look to sell because in town we know what he is. We do. But as a Texans fan, if I was in the front office and I really feel like this season is over – I'd be a little worried. I'd want J.J. and Deshaun in bubble wrap. Look, I know they get they get paid to play football, but what would make this terrible season even worse? If J.J. or Deshaun, something happened, and then that leaked into next season to where you ruin next season how, too. How bad would that be, yeah. y'all, if, if J.J. got hurt like that and then you and then Will Fuller too? He just – or he – not even like a drastic injury, just the same thing that we're used to. What he what his resume reads, we just add another – Another line to it that yep. says injury in the playoffs at that. A team's not going to want that. Imagine if you would have gone to the Packers and then they make their run in that cold weather. Those mu- those muscles come out there and all of a sudden you, he pulls a hammy. That's interesting, Jerry. I hadn't, that ain't, hadn't even occurred to me. But if I was running the Packers, that would concern me. The soft tissue injuries with Will Fuller and how cold it is for them at home. Imagine handicapping injuries. Yeah. I mean, that's just, just probability says that this guy's hamstring, but... Being in town, and, and we know what comes with him, you had to get rid of him. I do I, I do believe that. I think that they dropped the ball there. Yeah, I, I just – I would have tried to find a way to get a third-round pick for him. You know, even if you had to give them a, a fifth or a sixth or, you know, something, just to, to, to get another third-round pick because they don't have a first or a second. And there's not a lot of cap room. They, they need some cheap, young talent on this lineup, and I don't know how else they're going to get it. Someone else that doesn't know where they're going to get their their cheap young talent or any production today. Let's talk Cowboys, Steelers. I'm not going to say historic spread, but a big one. Yeah. Any thoughts on this game from a fantasy perspective? Are you staying away from gambling? What do you think? I think for fantasy, maybe if you're desperate, Tony Pollard, if Zeke doesn't go. I, I know it's a bad matchup, but you know how fantasy football is. If you get a starting running back, you got a shot at some fantasy points. So I, I think I'd... You know, if I'm using him as my second flex in one league. I don't feel great about it, but 
I don't feel terrible about it, so I'd give him a shot. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Steelers are just going to crush him today. I mean, but I mean, the 14 and a half, that's pretty sporty. But from what we've seen from Dallas, they're terrible. You have to go back years to find a team that's this deep into the season that hasn't covered one spread. That's the, that's what the Cowboys have done. They haven't set records. Setting records. <laughs> They've allowed. They set a record for most consecutive games allowing twenty plus points in the first half. They also set a record of most consecutive games trailing by fourteen points or more. That's what this team is. Um, where do we think that the game script goes? Because if, if if it's a blowout, do you think it's a Connor game? Do you stay away from him? Do you because we've seen that Snell's taking a step I, back. Yeah, I was about to. I feel like. Actually, the opposite. I feel like this might be such a blowout that Snell maybe gets a, a decent amount of work here, and that's why I'm a little, uh, you know, leery of playing Big Ben because I just is Dallas going to score enough to make Big Ben have to keep going out there and throwing? I, I think they might win handily, and it's you know Snell gets in there because we know Connor gets hurt a lot, and Mike Tomlin doesn't want to lose Connor in a game that they're going to win handily. So you know maybe this is just kind of a you know, they, they run the ball a lot and get out of there with a the win. So I, I kind of worry about Big Ben in this one, too. The matchup's great. I just I worry if the Cowboys are going to score enough to even keep it close. The last time, and it's funny that Dell happens to be here for this one. Check this one out. The last time that a team was this bad against the spread, you have to go back to the Saban-led Dolphins. That's when they were this bad that the last time a team went 0 for in the first. So they, check this out. The Cowboys got a chance to break history today because that Dolphins team had a bye. So they, they didn't have a chance to lose that extra game. Then when they came off the bye, they were 13-point underdogs, I believe, to the Bears, and they won 33-13, to 13, if I, my mind suits me right. Um, that's what they're up against today, that Saban team. What a, any memories from that team? Yeah, Saban chose, and their doctor chose Dante Culpepper over Drew Brees. Oh, man. And that was the end of Saban in Miami. He's like, huh, this isn't so much fun. Let me go to Alabama. And I always get the best of the best. Yeah, it was first. First, he uh, he he ran with Gus Farratt that first year, and then I think they might have won six, seven. I don't remember exactly how many games they won, but then he thought, okay, now that I drafted every SEC player I could think of, let's go find me a quarterback. And they thought the quarterback was the next step, and then he took Cole Pepper's knee over Drew Brees' shoulder, and that rest is history. But you know what's funny though? Back then, like Cole Pepper was a fantasy darling when Randy Moss was on the team and the Vikings. You know, we forget. You remember the roll Yeah, on? the roll. How many times would you see him getting his yeah. roll on? But it seemed like he would throw a lot of hope passes, right? Like jump balls. You would see him like he just chunk them up there and then all of a sudden he'd get his roll on. Yeah, or Randy he, Moss in his yeah, prime. He was, he was the perfect bootleg, right? The, the rollout, the, the run pass option, and he'd just dive into the end zone. I mean, he was. He had his moments. He did. That was when like T.O. and Donovan McNabb were ripping it up in fantasy, and it was Cole Pepper to Randy Moss. Like that was a fun fantasy time, man. That's when fantasy you you drafted all running backs in the first round. Remember those days? You know, you draft like Rudy Johnson with your sixth pick overall. Man, fantasy has changed a lot. Everything would be running back heavy, and then now we're in a world where we sometimes do no running back strategies yes. for two rounds because you know you can get value. Things have changed. I mean, imagine there wasn't even so much PPR back then, though. So it was strictly you were getting your points from running. Now your running backs are dual guys, the big guys that can catch. And let's start there. Let's go to that Carolina game versus the Chiefs. And I talk about catch, uh, catch passing backs. McCaffrey comes back. Yeah. What does that do for him as far as what do you think his ceiling or, uh, I guess, baseline is? And what do you do with Davis? I, I think Davis goes to your bench and. 
there's nothing you can do about it. You, you fire up McCaffrey. He's, the honeymoon know, is over. Yeah, he's the best, you know, running back in fantasy when he's right. And and you you, you go with him. You know, it's a, it's a no-brainer. It looks like he's healthy. You start him. The, the problem for Davis is you were hoping that he'd have another big game while McCaffrey was out, so maybe he'd have more draft value and you could trade him for something, but that didn't really happen. So, yeah, Davis goes to your bench. He's arguably the best handcuff, and that's it. So, you know, now you roll with McCaffrey. Now, the Chiefs, if you watch them closely, they've turned into a funnel defense, a run funnel. They don't allow anything on the pass. If you look at what they are against the pass, second fewest yards per attempt, 6.6, third fewest passing touchdowns, and that's teams chasing them usually, right? Yeah. What happens, though, they're allowing you to run, though. They're giving you a bend-on-break because if they got an explosive offense, it makes sense, right? You got an explosive offense, and you say, okay, we'll go ahead and beat us three or four yards at a time, and we're going to hit you on bombs, and we're going to play that strategy. Eventually, we're going to get a lead to where you're going to have to throw, and that's where we're good, and we'll play it at that. But that's what you have this team doing. But it, it, that plays exactly to what the, the Panthers want as far as dropping it down low, getting little dink and dunks, moving it, moving it. Thus, McCaffrey eclipsed 20 touches. I think, Yeah, I think it'll be right around there. I think it'll be right around. I mean, there's a reason they kept him out last week. They just wanted to give it a little more time. So I think right at 20 touches is what you should expect. Is it Robbie Anderson today, or is it a DJ Moore game? Man, I, to your point, I think they're they're going to try and run the ball a lot. I, I'd probably lean toward you know Robbie Anderson, but yeah, I'd go Robbie Anderson. How about from the backfield of the Chiefs before we hit this break? Anybody out of the two because we're seeing them both get some action. And you figure that the one of them is going to get in that end zone maybe multiple times a day. Yeah. You start either one of them in oh, DFS. Yeah. I like CEH. I don't know if a lot of people will be on him. I'd, I'd probably go with Clyde edwards Lair. And we got to remember, this isn't just a this year thing. Carolina is really bad against running backs. You know what I mean? That's their MO. So, yeah, start these guys. And Le'Veon Bell, if you're desperate, you know, maybe as, as a flex, you could take a shot on him. But I'd, I feel good about edwards Lair. Someone else you should feel good about? Miko Hardman, he finally secured his spot, hopefully number two with Watkins out of there. Season high in targets, catches, yards, 70% of the snaps last week. Look for him to have a game. Yeah, and there was some talk that the coaches were disappointed in him a little bit. So I think maybe he took that and, and we, we saw some improvement. Hopefully we can improve on our stats from last week because last week they were excellent, right? And now we want to be elite. We're going to jump into every game. And then we got money on my mind. And let's get flexy right at 11. Get ready. It's Monday Line, ESPN 97.5. Protect my energy before engagement. Grew up having nothing, you're labeled impatient. But once the boss made it, you're labeled amazing. Meticulous with words, such a force of nature. I don't want to seem absurd, but that boy's a gangster. You're listening to ESPN 97.5. Working on a weekend like usual. Way off in the deep end like usual Swear they passed us, they doing too much Haven't done my taxes, I'm too turned up You are listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5 And on ESPN 92.5 Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios Here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan Welcome back to Moneyline Let's go straight to the HRP listener line It's my guy Lamont He's probably out in the middle of wilderness somewhere looking at some cows in the peace. What's going on, Mont? Yeah, you know, I'm out here right now in the country, man. Uh, but uh, I, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, 
I need some clarification. Um, well, I guess that's not the right word, man. I'm trying to understand the Packers' logic uh, uh, with the whole Will Fuller thing. And, you know, uh, you know, I deal with the SWAT analysis, uh, strength, weakness, opportunities, threats. And I'm wondering, why would they even be going for Will Fuller when the weakness uh, uh, for that team is their defense? I mean, I, I really don't even – I'm not going to say I don't see a reason for Will Fuller, but it seems like you would be trying to get defensive players uh, because they defense is uh, they defense is trash, man, uh, all, all the way trash. And I just don't, I just don't get it. I, I've been trying to figure it. I don't, I don't. I'm not saying I don't get the part of not trying to improve your offense even more with uh, Fuller. I don't get the part that your defense is uh, uh, pretty much wet toilet tissue, and you're not addressing that. You're addressing Will Fuller, and that's all I have, fellas. No, it is. It's. It's. It seems like it's a lot of confusion going on in Green Bay because you have to go back to the draft, right? Let's, who do they want to be? What are they trying to be? Are they trying to shorten the the the, the years of of Rodgers? What kind of a, a punch to the head is it whenever they drafted Jordan Love right off the top? Okay, so then you say, okay, so then what they do? AJ Dillon. Okay, so then you say, okay, maybe they they did try to get the offense right, but then why would they go? Why wouldn't they go in a, a receiver draft? This was a, a receiver-heavy draft. Yeah, they took a lot of criticism. For that. And we're seeing that with Justin Jefferson. And I mean, what a great year for receivers, all these young ones. So then you didn't take a receiver then, but then now you're saying, okay, Rodgers is, is on his FU tour to everybody. And we do need a MBS. Scanlon isn't doing it. He drops a lot of passes. Lazard has been hurt. So I think that's why is because – if if you know if they if they got another injury, they'd be screwed. They don't have enough receivers that are healthy. And Devontae Adams has missed time this year and last year. Then you look at when did they make their first pick in the draft at defense, and it was in the fifth round. Kamal Martin, a linebacker. But then other than that, it was guard, center, guard, and then they have to go all the way to eighth round to get a safety. So it's not. I don't know. It's hard when you have that many holes in certain spots because you say, well, they were decent last year. They made their run, but you knew, uh, to me, it was a fluky team last season. I think Rodgers just covered up a lot of it like he's doing this season. They have great spots. Of course, you have Adams. You have Jones back there. You have Rodgers playing great. But then what do you have in other spots, like in the playoffs? Can they go up there and beat a team like Tampa Bay in, 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 when they already played them and you saw what happened? The thing is, is they're pretty good at pass defense, especially with Jair Alexander, who, who did, I think, get a concussion the other day, so keep an eye on that. But in theory, they're pretty good. They're just really bad against the run. And, you know, of course they're going to get wiped out against teams like the 49ers that run the ball so well. You know, they just don't match up well against those type of teams. But I think that the logic is with – you know, getting Rodgers more weapons is if you're going to win a Super Bowl, you're going to have to go beat Pat Mahomes and all his weapons. Or in the NFC, you're going to have to go beat Tom Brady with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and now Antonio Brown. And Rodgers is out there with Devontae Adams and a bunch, just a bunch of guys. So they were trying to at least get somebody that compliments Devontae Adams, which Will Fuller is a perfect compliment for him. You saw him with you know DeAndre Hopkins. He's a great you know downfield threat to match up with the possession receiver on the other side. So that made sense to me. But they, they felt like it was too much for renting a player, and they decided not to do it. All right, guys. This is your chance. If you have any starter cinema questions, 713-780-3776. The phone lines are open at Moneyline975 or on Twitch. Let's just start running through these. Josh, Zach Moss, or Tony Pollard this weekend. Love the show, guys. 
Oh, man, that's a tough one right there. I guess I'd probably go with Zach Moss. I, I don't feel great about it. I, I like the opportunity for Pollard. I just don't like the matchup for him. Did it say if it was PPR or not? No, it didn't say. How about Claypool or Mike Williams? Also, if you're listening out there and if you have a, a specific question, make sure you list PPR or not because that makes the world of difference. But Claypool or Mike Williams, it doesn't state. I think I'd go with Mike Williams. How about Chark, Justin Jackson, or D. Moore in the flex position, non-PPR? I don't think I can get away from Moore, even though those other guys are very tempting. Godwin, Marvin Jones, D. Moore, or Mike Williams? Two of them. Godwin, Jones, Moore, Williams. Godwin, Moore. I'd probably go with Moore and Godwin. Uh, Herbert or Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray. It, but Herbert's going to have an, I think he's going to have another good game. This is a question as far as an actual pick. Let's talk about the Seattle game real quick. Okay. What do you think about Seattle, Buffalo, over under 55, three-point spread? This one kind of caught my attention right away because this is something you've always taught me, right? When you look at it and you're like, man, Seattle's minus three and they're on the road. You know, what would that, you know, what would that line be if they were on a neutral site? That whole thing goes through my mind. So, I... I'm tempted to – I'm going to stay away, Jerry. I'm not going to commit here, but I'm, I am I kind of like Buffalo plus the points. I don't think they'll win. But I just feel like they're at home. They're a pretty good team. So I, I might take the points in that one. It's not a bad bet because we know that they'll be able to move the ball. You figure that, right? Yep. Seattle's got that bad – I mean, there's they're bottom three, okay, yep. in DVOA. So you can move the ball. Can Allen – I guess avoid the little mistakes that he's been making as of late because those first few weeks, people were talking about moving him into the MVP candidate. Yep. But now you see him take a step back. If there's ever been a blow-up spot in a game that he's going to be chasing points, I think that the Josh Allen to Diggs, that hookup, that that duo, if you want to do run them in DFS, and then you can run it back with a Seattle player, preferably Lockett. I think this is a Lockett this week. This is a Lockett week. Because D, DK is going to have... Tredavious White on the outside. They uh, the Buffalo Bills defend outside receivers better than the than the slot position, and also everyone saw DK go off last week. Usually that's when people migrate to that guy again. Make sure that you zig when they zag. And I think Cole Beasley is a nice wide receiver three this week because we know Seattle they're not great in the secondary. Beasley's going to have some opportunities. He didn't do very well last week, but in general, he's been pretty good in PPR this year. How about Moss in the backfield for the Bills, or is it going to be Singletary? Last week, it was Tyler. He gave his put his name on it on Moss. Yes. I was thinking about it, and he got in the end zone. What do you get this week? Like, who is it going to be? And Singletary still had, like, 80-something rushing yards, I think. Like, he had a pretty good game, but everything we're hearing is that the Bills love Moss. That That's who they like, so... I think we're seeing a passing of the torch here. I think Moss is going to be the, the better fantasy back moving forward. He's out touching them tw- uh, two to one. So 10 touches inside the 10 to five so, for Moss. And we heard that in training camp. And, you know, what would have been the preseason is they like Moss. But, A, he's a rookie in a pandemic year. So you're a little worried about him picking everything up. And then, B, he got hurt. But now we're seeing he's healthy and they're starting to lean on him. I talked about Diggs. Check this out. He's top five in the NFL in both targets, catches, and then in against zone coverage, he's top three as far as production, just period. Look at this. The Seattle Seahawks play zone second highest clip. <laughs> the, you, the, those are dots connecting. What else are you going to do here? Digs in a game where we know that Seattle can score. 
Yep. It's a 55 total. Let's say Seattle gets in that 30 range. Let's say that the Bills have to get in that mid-20 range, 27. Like you said, they might not win, but they can maybe cover. Let's say it's 30-27. I think Diggs has a big game. Go ahead and stack this game. If you're looking at your DraftKings right now, and you want to win this week, and this game's got points, I think you can do it both ways. Like I always tell you, game stack instead of guessing a multiple game, saying, man, this guy out of this piece, this guy out of this piece, it's real simple. If Seattle can move the ball and they're going to score 30-plus points and they got a bad defense, then the Bills are going to chase them. Allen's going to be able to move the ball. Who's he going to move it to? That's about picking that spot. No doubt. And, it, you know, it doesn't have to be just fantasy, guys. You can do player props. So if, if you like the way Jerry's reasoning this out, you could go over to my bookie and bet on the – you know, the receiving yards for Diggs and bet him on the over. You can go check out the player props for Josh Allen. See how many touchdowns he's projected this week, how many passing yards. That's the great thing about going to my bookie is, you know, you can get all the fantasy action you want, but if you want to double down, you really think a certain player is going to have a big game. Why not just do a straight up bet on that guy's total? And that's what we love about my bookie. And the other thing we love is how easy it is. You can just pull up your phone in the middle of a game. You can do live betting. If you feel like a game's starting to turn and, and you have some insight on how it's going to play out, go to MyBookie. Just pull out your phone, MyBookie.ag, and, and you place your bet. It, it couldn't be easier. And what's great about MyBookie is, too, is it's, it's easy to get your money. You bet, you win, they pay. That's their slogan for a reason. You don't want to gamble on the gambling. We always talk about that. If you win, you want to be able to get your money, and nobody gives your money to you easier than MyBookie. So you go to MyBookie, you open up your account, and right now if you put promo code RADIO in there, they'll match your deposit. You put in 100 bucks, they'll match you 100 Now you got $200 to gamble with this week. And, hey, maybe you make some more money and you, you end up with five or 600 bucks by the end of the season. It's, it makes the game so much more interesting, guys. So it's all at mybookie.ag. They can, you can do UFC. They have everything. They are the best place to go bet, guys. You bet, you win, they pay. It's mybookie. ESPN 97.5.